We are, we the people of Maryland. Our mission is to advocate for your right to control your livelihood, your property, your family, and your destiny. Our vision is to provide an organized outlet for Americans who are frustrated by government overreach. Thank you for listening to the Live Free, Die Last podcast. Good evening, fellow Harford County Patriots. Welcome to the Live Free, Die Last podcast, broadcasting to you from high above Harford County in the Freedom Pod. Out of the reach of all the tyranny and tyrants that would have us shut down. Tonight in the studio, we are very happy to have Josh back. Josh. Thanks. Glad to be back and needed a good vacation with the family and wanted to say something real quick. We're in a fight. We know we're in a fight. The fight's not over and we're going to be battling for a while and it's good to stand together, but it's also good to remember you got to spend time with your family. And just like I said, I'm, I'm glad I did and I'm back ready, ready to go back in the saddle again. Amen. Good point, brother. We've got to balance our lives. Uh, there's a lot of things that we could be talking about tonight. I mean, we have the totally corrupt Biden administration, right? Covering up all sorts of crimes. We've got the Trump arraignment. We've got, uh, you know, a lot of stuff going on with the uh, gender bender mafia. Um, I think we'll get to another podcast about that. And one of the big things that's really bothering me, Josh, we need free and fair elections. And they are not possible at the minute, at this minute. Um, Harford County had very corrupt elections. It's been well-documented nationally. There was a lot of anomalies, and no one is looking into it. No one in a position of power is. We've handed them, handed them on a silver platter, lists and all sorts of things of of the anomalies, well-documented, and they don't care. They don't say a word about it. No one is investigating. How does anybody think that we're going to have a fair and and free election? reason why they're not doing anything about it because it's helping protect them you know it probably is from the people and it's very clear here locally that the people are not being represented um by our local constituents but again why doesn't the sheriff care this should be a huge thing i know what he's going to say oh but it's not my jurisdiction there's nothing i can do well you're down talking about the second amendment in annapolis which we really do appreciate but free and fair elections is even more important because without them we're screwed so Let's get out there and start talking about that stuff if you guys care. Every single person on the council should be talking about it. We've got um, one council member. The only time he brings up anything to do with uh, the Constitution or anything else is when he wants to celebrate a, a developer's right to destroy your community. Yeah, it's we're in a bad place in this situation. Um, a lot's going on here locally. <clears throat> a lot of the stuff that... You know, we, t- we should be talking about, we can talk about because we're dealing with this stupidity here. Um, jumping right into it, I think uh, looking at last night at the county council meeting, it was a debacle, it was a disaster. Um, but what it resulted in is the county executive sending out a, a message today, um, basically saying that he was very disappointed in last night's majority vote of the county council um, in failing and supporting um, a bill that would reduce the urban sprawl in our county. Here again. The right. urban sprawl. Right. So basically it was a bill to maybe check the overdevelopment. Nobody, nobody is upset with development. We are upset with overdevelopment. 
And with overdevelopment and a lack of any kind of infrastructure improvements, it's really apparent that Harford County is swirling the bowl. I mean, we are going to be Montgomery County North here very soon, and they don't care. You know, the areas that we know for, um, what is it considered, you know, normal housing, you know, a regular home on a piece of property, um, low density uh, housing, you know, Falston and Forest Hill, Hickory, especially, we see what's going on in Hickory. Um, and if you don't know, it's the five or four, five story, um, high density, um, apartment complexes. They say that they're luxury, but that area cannot support just like every other area. They cannot support it with the infrastructure that's going on. Yeah. Frankly, I don't care if it's luxury or if it's not luxury, it doesn't matter. We're talking about high density housing that we can't support in this County. The, the infrastructure just isn't here. It's already apparent. It takes forever to go anywhere in this County. And I know what they're going to say. Well, oh, that's the state's issue. No, have your, have your over developers that are putting all the money in your campaign coffers, have them go lobby those guys to fix the roads and things before we even entertain any more of this nonsense. It is ridiculous. And the last piece of the, the memo that was sent out from the county executive today mentioned that we have 188 acres zoned B3 um, that now are in jeopardy of this high-density housing. That's a lot of acreage. And is that 188 acres all over the county or is it Justin Falston? All over the county. Yeah, nice. Yep. That's... 188 acres of high density housing will turn this into Baltimore city. Cause what follows this is, you know, the building envelope, uh, it gets followed by not only the water and the sewage, but then transportation follows. So we're going to have mass transportation all over the County. hundred percent. And you know, that's going to lead to increase in crime, increase in, um, in safety issues in mass one- transportation is like a Uber for criminals. Right. Exactly. And so one thing I emailed my uh, representatives uh, from the council and got some generic email back. It was the reason why I know it's generic because my neighbor got one, my other neighbor got one and my other friend got one. You know, we all got the same message. Maybe it was such a wonderful message. They wanted you all to hear it. (laughs) But it mentioned in there that, you know, we can support this urban sprawl. Um, And this was from Aaron Penman. Uh, that we can support this urban sprawl because we have a good sheriff in the county and we're not going to be like, you know, Baltimore City or Baltimore County um, because we're going to be patrolling the streets. And for me, I don't want to live in a society that feels necessary to be patrolled. Sounds like it costs a lot of money, too. Exactly. Um, but getting into last night, looking at the two major things I want to talk about, we had them vote on the extension to the building moratorium of super warehouses. And we had them voting on the bill that we were just talking about with the high density housing. So looking at the moratorium for this, um, the The super warehouses first, um, it did get voted, uh, it did get passed, but it was reduced from 90 days down to 45 days. So that's going to put them through the end of the summer, and that's going to get them back into the next session of the county council. So the fight's still on with that one. Um, but right, the- and that's, a lot of people believe most of that was aimed at a giant warehouse being built in Perryman. Correct. That, and and I, I was able to check. This is verified. I checked with um, Senator Hank Johnson out of Georgia, and he did in fact, confirm that if they build this warehouse on the Perryman Peninsula, it will, in fact, tip over. <laughs> I, I, that's from, right from Hank Johnson. Yeah. Well, maybe we should bring that up to the council. You know, Yeah, it's going to tip over. They take the hook, line, and sinker. But one thing that was brought up, um, 
Jacob Bennett, he asked Aaron Penman to recuse himself from this vote on the on the super warehouse uh, or the moratorium, I should say. Um, he said no, but he went ahead and recused himself and abstained from the apartment vote. <laughs> Because they didn't want enough people to pass the exactly, yeah. It's it's games that they're playing right now, right? And um, Aaron Penman does not represent the the citizens of Harford County. He represents the overdevelopers, exactly. And you can look at his campaign finances and listen to him to see that that's true. Now, one day we'll have to read all his campaign literature on the air and show how he said one thing and he's doing another. And that that's a funny thing that you bring up. This stuff is going all over Facebook, social media, you know, all over the place. And there was one comment um, that said that they thought Aaron Penman was going to stand against this overdevelopment. And that's what he said. And that's what he was doing. Well, they thought that they thought that literally they, that was I, a comment. I guess if you're not paying attention and you're just reading what he says, you could come up with that. True. We're, we're, I think we're we're guilty of, of being too involved and knowing too much. So sometimes things like that seem silly to us, but that's how elections are, are won. You you put out some campaign literature and people read it and go, oh, yeah, he's a military guy, blah, blah, blah. He's he's one of us. <laughs> yeah, right. So, and again, this person's all disappointed. You get, to, you, you get the extension voted yes from, um, or excuse me, gets passed, but then this apartment bill uh, doesn't get passed. Aaron's voting no. Um or excuse me, Aaron abstained, Pat Vincenti abstained, and that left um, Jessica Boyle Saddles voting no, and two others, uh, Riley and Bennett, voted yes. So they didn't have enough votes to make it pass. Um, right. But I wanted to bring up something. So basically, they have the the what we're seeing now is the the power structure developing. It's Aaron Penman. Jessica Boyle Saddles and Patrick Vincente, all heavily supported by the overdevelopers. That's their team. That's Team OD, if you will. I can't forget uh, Sheriff Gaylor in there too. Right, Gaylor doesn't. Sheriff Gaylor doesn't get a vote, but he certainly is on Team OD. Yep, trying to play kingmaker. Yeah, and let's 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 bring it around. Then he brought his guy in, his political liaison. Eric Roby. Now, that's probably where a lot of the strategy is coming from. And oh, by the way, let me just say, if you are complaining about the budget on Fox News and you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars you need, fire that guy because he's not benefiting anyone but you and the OD team. Yeah. Gaylor going on um, saying that he's looking for a little over $300,000 that was taken away by the, the county executive. Well, you can get at least a third of that back if by removing Eric Roby from from this system and from this county. And for people that don't fully understand when we talk about if you don't remember from a couple podcasts ago or you haven't caught up yet, it, Eric Roby is a political hack. He is a, you know, um, I guess he gets paid for his consulting services and gets paid very well. Over two hundred and seventy thousand dollars from the local campaign uh, or candidates went to Eric Roby. Well, but, this but last election, he gets cycle. a salary from the county. Exactly, through the sheriff's office too. He gets a very hefty six-figure salary from the sheriff's office. He was part of Aaron Penman's campaign team. This is very incestuous. Um, yeah, what's going on? This is this is using county money for campaign finance issues. Now I'm sure I'll be reprimanded or something for that because it's technically, um, you know, they can probably 
prove in a court of law somehow that that's not the case. But look at the financials. Look at what's going on, people. You should be very suspicious of this. It is the one thing that really made me look at the sheriff differently and go, wow, you know, this person that I supported in was a Tea Party patriot and all. He's become a political monster. Really has. And surrounded himself with some very questionable people. Absolutely. That are really pushing it through. And you know, that goes back to this consulting. We've always been complaining about, you know, when we hear Aaron Penman, um, you know, give a speech you know, uh, at the council. It's not written by him. And we always question up here to be. It's going to be. Is this part of the consulting services that we're that we're seeing? Um, <laughs> it's just a question. I'm not accusing anything, but I, I really right. would like to know. What's going on? Because I want to bring up another thing. Last night at the county council meeting, Jessica Boyle Saddles got up there and gave a speech. Sounded exactly like Aaron Penman's speeches that he's been writing, quote unquote, writing. Um, Maybe they can take a bunch of their campaign finance money and pay their speech writer. <laughs> well, I wanted to bring this up, too, because Jessica's the new one to town here. Aaron's new and Jessica's new. Aaron's been around this political game for a while. He's run in the past. And and he was out actually running this time. Yep. Whereas Jessica Boyle Saddles ran a basement campaign. The only time I saw her speak, she said, well, I'm new to this, but I'm a fast learner. Yep. And where did she get all the money? She had a huge pile of money that she paid to Eric Roby to, to get herself elected. And then she sat in the basement and waited to get elected. Over $30,000 she gave to insider management. Hmm. Thirty thousand um, dollars. That's that's quite quite crazy. So really, what it's coming down to is there's things going on. We need to hold these people accountable. No time to mess around anymore as as, as a community, as the uh, Harper County resident. You know, we need to expose each and every one of these people and keep our ear to the ground on what's going on and what's happening next. Um, and really standing up because for me personally, I live in the Faustin area. Um, with this apartment bill not passing. You, you, you must be rich. No. <laughs> not at all. That's what everybody says yeah. when you say Falston. Falston, yeah. Back in the 80s, it was a the Falston High School. <laughs> I thought uh, Gucci Row back when I was uh, <laughs> growing up. I also heard heroin high at one point. So Yeah. Well, I think that's everywhere. It's very, very unfortunate. Yep. But really, Falston is in danger. And kind of to describe it, Falston Mall, it's at the corner of 152 and Route 1. That whole area has changed drastically in the past, you know, decade, decade and a half with, you know, the shops putting in there, all the extra homes going in. Well, with this bill being passed, the opportunity to further develop that um, intersection. And we're talking about kind of behind the Falston Mall. There's just a ton of land there. There's 12 acres um, behind the Falston Mall. And the same person that owns that property has recently purchased the three homes that are directly on 152 right next to the existing entrance where the Burger King is. Okay. And that would be the entrance way into the 12 acre lot where the apartments would go to create this garden apartment or this. So anyone that drives on 152 in the morning or in the evening and already knows how busy that is, get ready. Because you're not even going to be able to use those roads. I don't know how I'm going to get back and forth to work without a freaking helicopter. It takes me just as amount of time to come up 95 from Baltimore than it does to just drive down 152 to my house. Yeah, it, it there the road can absolutely not support that nonsense. And I want to bring up something else too. Anybody drive down 95 recently? That's you know the most unsafe highway is between. Um, 
Bel Air and White Marsh on 95. With that express lane going in, yeah, where they be split. very cough. Yeah, be very cautious because that's going to be more development following that. There's going to be shops. There's going to have to be resources for all these extra people, and they're going to use that to. Oh, I'm going to drive up 152 here, do a little bit of more improvement, a little bit more improvement. It's going to turn directly into Baltimore County. Right. This is going to be Montgomery County North. Yep. I'm telling you, that is what they are going for. So, um, I think one of the things that we wanted to talk about was a public comment we heard. Yes, yes. Um, and, and I think this is a good one because here we are, we're talking about roads. And, and one of the things I keep saying, all right, when we talk about the infrastructure, a lot of the times you'll hear the county council and the overdevelopers say, well, you know, this is the state's issue. We, we can't weigh in on it. Well, yes, you can. You can lobby them. Stop lobbying us to overdevelop the place and get the roads and things fixed first. We shouldn't even entertain. We should have a moratorium until they fix the infrastructure around here. And if they can't fix it or won't fix it, forget about it. We're done. Yep, exactly. And so at the last night's county council, um, a citizen got in front of the um, in front of the councilman or in women um, and basically challenged them. Well, we don't know anymore. Right. I mean, yeah. Even scientists can't figure that one out. <laughs> according to Harford County Public Schools. Yep. Um but a citizen got up and challenged the council to impose a building moratorium, um, excuse me, to take a two year period and fix all the roads around Perryman to support what is coming into that area with the super warehouse. And if they could not do that within two years, that there would never, ever be a super warehouse allowed in Harper County. I again. love it. A loser leave town match. There's no way in two years you can fix those roads. No, they, not a single. They're, they're never going to. They don't care. The people rooting for this, they don't even care if those things are successful. All they want to do is build them and be done. They don't care if they leave a a, a giant hawking thing of concrete that's never going to be useful again. They got their money. They split. They're happy. You know, and I've driven through that area and I've driven through this whole entire county and the infrastructure everywhere can't support it. Even 924 can't support what's coming, you know, with the additions and all the switching around. You drive through downtown Bel Air. It takes forever. Um, yeah, you know, let me can I say one more thing that really bothers me about the duck man, Vincenti, Patrick Vincenti. He's, you know, duck carver, right? It's a family business. Pretty, pretty cool thing. Um, and you don't just carve ducks because people like them. They're, they came from, you know, watermen needing them. They're for hunting and things like that. So the Perryman Peninsula would have been a prime place for this type of activity, for that, you know, the heritage and he's one of the first person in line to pave over it. Yep. How how disingenuous is that? He's got a museum about this stuff. But we're going to pave over the prime duckland. Come on, man. This guy is he is a phony. He's also the treasurer of the R Madison Mitchell um trust. Well, and that's the people that sold the farm. No, that that's not the same people. Oh, I apologize. Um, the, retraction, retraction, <laughs> retraction. But our Madison Mitchell is a historic, a well worldwide known duck carver, and Pat Vincenti is the treasurer of the trust. And the trust's major role is to fund the decoy museum. His decoy museum. His decoy museum that he's also that gets paid from the county's tax collection on hotel tax. Yep. $80,000 a year. You can't make this stuff up, people. No. You can't. You can't. But prime duck land be damned. We're not going to stand up for it. Pave it. 
Well, you know, they like to parade around and going back to Perryman real quick, you know, they like to parade around um, their public meetings or their their um, community meetings. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, you know, the politicians just like to come in there, you know, shake a hand or two and think they're going to gather the votes. Well, they're literally, you know, that's what they've been doing for years. Exactly. I wanted to bring up, I, I was at one of these meetings. Um, H- hence the reason Bob Castley's become super villain number one. Um, I was at one of these, I think you were at one of these meetings, um, interacting with that community, trying to understand what was going on. And one of the, and as a candidate, Aaron Penman shows up in a sheriff's uniform. Right. I mean, this is, we we can't allow this to happen. I'm going to bring it right back. Wake up everybody. These people aren't for us. We're not being represented. He's traded in the sheriff's uniform for a cape and tights now. Yep. It just, instead of having an S on the cape and tights, it has an OD. Yep. Team OD. So let's keep on moving. Um, one of the things, one of the other things, kind of want to talk about is it was a um, we got this Gaylor versus Castley thing, Sheriff Gaylor versus Bob Castley County Executive thing. Uh, Josh, I want to I want to ask you your thoughts on this because it appears to me that that Jeff Gaylor um, probably is setting himself up to try to run for county executive. So. Uh, Hundred percent, he is running or trying to set up a posture himself is probably the posture proper word to run against. Yeah, so he's he's carrying the over developers' water. He's showing them that he's their boy. Yep, I got your back. Just so that we can slow it down for for our listeners. And again, listeners, thank you. A lot. Some of this information came from people reaching out to us. I wanted to thank thank them again, but. Open up your eyes. Look at what's happening. Look what Gaylor's doing. And look what he's saying. You know, understand this big picture is the first question I think we're asking everybody. Do you guys see this? We need to make sure that the community is seeing this and they're educated that Gaylor is doing. Uh, there is a fight now between Gaylor and Castley, and that was further um, established last night with Aaron Penman. The, the, this team that we're talking about: Aaron Penman, Vincenny, uh, Jessica Boyle, and Gaylor. So now. Gaylor in the sheriff's department will not do anything. Um, All the voter integrity stuff. No, with the uh, criminal justice coordinating commission last night at the county council. Oh yes. Not only did Aaron Penman make a comment that said that the sheriff will not participate in this. Um, so, uh, so obviously commission him and the sheriff are close because the county executive would be involved in it. Right, because it's it's us against them. Uh, now he said something about until. Until the county executive learns that it's not all about the executive branch, that there's has to be a, a cooperation between the executive branch and the legislative branch. This is outright ridiculous. If that commission is important, be on it. Stop pounding your fist on the fist on the floor and laying on the floor, kicking and screaming like a little baby. Just stop. And I thought it was funny that the duck man, Vincenny, had to reiterate that when he got a chance to uh, give a comment. And, uh, they're telling you what team they're on, guys. Watch it. That's what they're doing. This is this is exactly what is going on. This is a power struggle, and it is team overdevelopment against the rest of Harford County. And if you notice, team overdevelopment needs more of your money. They need a lot more of it. Get ready. Pop open your purse. So listen, when we get into the next election even though it probably won't be free and fair because nobody's doing a damn thing about that pay attention to this stuff folks pay attention don't just 
go to your mailbox and get a mailer and go, well, that's a nice uniform. I'm voting for him. This is not doom and gloom. We're literally asking, you know, saying to people, if you have a problem with this stuff, let's it's fix happening. it. It's, let's fix it. And there's ways that let's we come can, together and fix it. Exactly. And there's ways we can educate ourselves and there's ways we can figure out what's going on. And one piece of that is understanding the financials. You keep bringing that up. Well, what is the financials? Well, a candidate has to file many reports annually, semi-annually, and that's to track all the money that they're bringing in and, and sending out and who who that's, who they're getting money from and who they're sending it to. Open your eyes to those reports. Look how much money that these people are spending, but also who's giving them the money. And a lot of times, please know, it's not just a person. A lot of people have LLCs and these businesses out there. It's very simple just to start looking at these and saying, oh, just they're getting a lot of money. No, look into that and then it'll really start opening up your eyes. And I want to continue this conversation in the futures to help educate our community. Yeah. And I want to see I want to see the people, the council, the county executive, the sheriff. I want to see you start talking about free and fair elections. What are we going to do to make sure we have elections? This country, look, I can I'm old enough to remember when they sent people into Afghanistan and all these things. At some point, the propaganda coming out of these places was, look, we have freed these people and they get to go and vote. And they had pictures of them coming out of the voting booth or whatever with their thumb dyed purple because they, you know, voted one time. They dyed their thumb purple. Wow, that might work. Anyway, that apparently was just, uh, uh, you know, propaganda because nobody seems to care that we Americans don't have that right, that our people went and died in foreign wars supposedly to give them that right. But we can't have the same thing. I want to see all of these people talking about this. I appreciate that the sheriff goes to Annapolis to talk about 2A. But by the same token, he'll say, well, I don't have anything to do with the elections. I can't talk about that. You don't have anything to really do with 2A either. So start talking about the elections because without them, we're not going to have anything. You know, he will not do anything. And he has excuses for red flag laws. Right. We need to take a stand, you know, on every single piece. He does a good job. And I think we've mentioned this at other podcasts or other meetings. You know, he does a good job in, in aspects of the job. Yeah, absolutely. But it comes for standing for the people. We just had a, we were just locked down. No one said a word except for us. Exactly. We have child pornography and obscene material in our schools. We have our children being indoctrinated with with junk their their test scores are going down we go to these people and we ask them hey you're a representative please help us and yeah. nothing and, and, and nothing all the, the only discussion in harford county is about the overdevelopment so i think what we need to do josh is we need to get mama bear in here and have ourselves another podcast where we talk about the gender bender mafia and how they're coming for our children and things um you know Let's let's before we before we go and, and, and finish this one up, let's try to end on a positive note. You did a really good job of, of reminding people to connect with their families. Look, guys, we don't know what tomorrow brings. OK, the, the, the situation in the world is very real and it's very tense. Um, you need you need to take a minute and enjoy the little things because I'm afraid to tell you that these are the good times. These are the good times. You must enjoy them. But by the same token, we need to be vigilant and we need to continue and be prepared to fight for our freedom. Amen, brother. All right. Every crooked move you make, every corrupt breath you take, we'll be watching you.